Welcome to Bat and Spider episode 145. Before Chuck and I get to recording, I count, I count it down. I do three, two, one, record, but I'm never on tempo. I'm like three, two, one, record, three, <laughs> two, one, record. And then Chuck's staring at me with I these never eyes. Get, like, every week I panic that I'm going to hit the record button at the wrong time. Every week. Every, Even yeah. though I like, I still have I the instructions embedded in me the first time we did it. You say... You hit, you click it right after I say record. It's right after I say record. Hit click. Mm-hmm. But I still, I'm like, I'm going to screw it up this time. This is it. And Chuck, you know what happens when I get upset? Well, yeah, I've seen it. Yeah. I felt it. This week we watched the movie, The Town That Dreaded Sundown, friend of the show, Brandon Ulrich. A really interesting movie that reminded me a ton of Friday the 13th Part 2 in more ways than just the baghead. Some legitimately chilling moments, though. Baghead alert. Baghead. I mean, how many? Every, I think we could say that before every episode we record. Baghead alert. I know. I know. Baghead. Like, we we should of, have a baghead what alert kind of sound. Penchant, what, what kind of penchant do we have for bagheads? Lazy. Like, we are so addicted. Lazy psychopaths, you know? They're looking around. Yeah, I, I, or, you know what? Maybe it's because they're poor. You know, they're poorly young lads. I mean, and Jason, lazy. And Jason, you know, he's, he grew up in a, a shack, I guess, by the lake. Yeah. So he looks around his little shack. What's he got? A, maybe a potato sack, if he's lucky, flower sack that mom left. Right. That'll do. Playing with, the, playing with tree bark in the corner <laughs> of his room. Oh, God. I want to see little Jason playing with uh, tree bark. Right. That stupid looking face. Yes. Right. His mom telling him to get that shit out of his mouth yeah. before he, she, my darling son, him. <laughs> my darling son, <laughs> get that tree bark out of your mouth before I whip you with that switch again, yeah. boy. Yeah. Did she not ever like take him to a uh, John Wanamaker's like where wherever she's getting her nice blue sweaters from? She can't take little Jason to get some, you know. Yeah. Some some fall school shopping, you know? Chuck is probably from the insurance money. Mm, yeah. That's true. Oh, that's right. He's dead. He's supposed to be dead. I forgot. Right. She she can't have... Because uh, he sticks out in a crowd. I mean, if there's one thing you can say about little Jason... <laughs> <laughs> she'd have to put the sack on his head to go shopping, if we're going to be honest. Right. Draw. She, he, he would draw I'm less just, attention that way. I would probably just be like trying to pull my kids through the crowd so they wouldn't just lock, try to lock eyes. I was like, please, like, I'll try to explain it to them a thousand times. It's not polite to stare. You're doing that thing. You're pointing at their eyes into you back and forth. Right. Look at, look at me. Look at me. Look at me. Look at me. As you're jerking them by the arms. Yeah. I'm trying to talk to them without moving my mouth. And they just, they just basically say, fuck you, dad. You asshole. There's a freak over there in the junior's department. Are you trying to to intimidate me? Did you look over there? God. I'm a human, dad. Sorry, I'm unbuttoning my shirt. I didn't mean to distract everyone. Yeah, I just... Your lined flannel is coming undone. I know, I'm going to be... Chuck, Chuck, what's, what's hot this week? I mean, before the show, we talked about, what, pinging? Packet loss. We talked about. Oh, yeah. 
dehumidifiers. Dehumidifiers, fans running. Um, yeah, the the Spectrum guy showed up and fixed my internet. Oh, it's great. Um, uh, but yeah, I don't know. I haven't uh, I haven't done a, a lot of movie watching, but I did I did go to the movie theater, Dale. I guess I can talk about that. I saw I I I mean I there's just I want to I want to a freak out on you b <laughs> give you a hug <laughs> like just the most random movie. And Chuck's like, okay, well, I'm going to go to the theater again. I'm going back to it's the not, movies. What do you mean the most random movie? It's, 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 I don't know. It's one that I felt like I, if I was going to watch it, it had to be this way. There's no way I was going to watch it on Disney in six months. No. Right. So. No, F that. F that. So, uh, yeah. So me and the missus, we, we got in our, uh limousine and uh for a night out <laughs> you you uh you took i was gonna make a joke about you took you you put the, your half a key at the tip of your needle nose pliers and you slipped it into your, <laughs> slipped your half a key into your car and turned on with your needle noses yeah you should have seen the valet's face when i handed him <laughs> the tip of my key <laughs> and i just His i just gave big. one of these uh, shh don't worry about it. Get give him a fifty cent piece. There's a there's an air tag attached to the needle nose pliers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um Yeah, it's been a while, but I, I gotta say my the the last multiplex theater left in my area. Two two have closed in the last couple of years. Last one left. But I, I gotta say they they have uh, new owners, newish owners, and they they do a much better job at keeping this place staffed with teenagers than the old owners did, which I very much appreciate. Cause That's they, good. they did that. I hate this at movie theaters. I hate when they do the skeleton crew thing or well, skeleton, the skeleton person, they all have one person, you know, selling you tickets. Oh yeah. Getting you your popcorn, tearing your tickets. It's a, it's an, it's, you, it ruins the whole thing, you know? Right. You're just and you're waiting in line. You just want to stab yourself in the thigh with a fork, like <laughs> because nothing can move as fast as you need it to yeah. move, and it's undignified. I it's undignified because I, as a patron, I want to go to a proper box office up front. I want to buy my ticket. I want to go inside. I want to go to the the usher to tear my ticket, and then I want to go to the mm-hmm. concession stand and fill up. And you know what? If that you know that exp- if, you know if there's an usher uh, helping me with a flashlight to my seat, holding the doors open, even better. I mean, that's wow. a rarity these days. Nope. Very rare, but right. One can Old vaudeville have- music plays when you're walking down the hall with the usher because <laughs> that never yeah, happens. Everyone's in suits and hats. <laughs> right. You you just made me remember the uh, that scene in um, American Werewolf in London when uh, at the end of the movie they're in that porn theater. Yeah. And the the ticket takers and the ushers are all dressed up in tuxedos <laughs> for that porn theater Could you experience. Imagine? Like that is something. See that we we used to have standards in movie theaters. See, even and not just yeah. Hollywood. You know, even the dirty ones. They right had skin theaters ushers that looked presentable <laughs> that would tear your ticket. Ugh, yeah, it's just not you know. You, they don't even, you can't even do that. They don't even have a, 
box office, actual box offices around the the the, the nation are like stock their storerooms now. It, it's almost like uh, they turned Congress the heat off. They passed put those a law mag- outlawing yeah. uh, box offices. Yeah. They, I mean, they probably put like the magnetic heat covers over the registers because they don't heat the room anymore. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 insufferable. I hate it. <clears throat> Sorry, truck. Um, but yeah, so yeah, but this one had a per, a good amount of teenagers working and uh, pleasant pleasant enough experience. And um, yeah, we went to see Avatar two. Uh, water something, water world, water water freaks, and uh. <laughs> It was great, yeah. you know? I don't have much, you know, I, the discourse is out there. We've all heard it. Sure. Um, check out our uh, special Kofi episode on that. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> or check out spoiler. the Avatar spoiler channel in our Discord, which somehow isn't 98% bog spoilers, not Avatar spoilers. Uh, that was a surprise <laughs> when I went there, <laughs> yeah, finally. Yeah. <that's>... Um, <laughs> That's funny. So, yeah, but it was great. I had a blast. It didn't feel like a three-hour movie. Um, Good. Jimmy Cameron, he still got it. I felt like I would have paid that ticket price twice. It was just a blast. Um, yeah. Great. You know? You can't ask for much more than that. Oh, yeah. speaking of James Cameron, mm-hmm. I, I just today, this is topical, uh, you know, the, the, the internet advertisements, they reach out to me, they slap me in the face with their, with their what's coming. Yeah. C- CBS this spring, Chuck, have you heard about this? Is this real? CBS. This is real. No, I've done my not. research. I, I went to two different websites. True Lies, the television series. Okay. Because ladies CBS. and gentlemen, you know, uh, listeners of this show know that we have a funny guy, a clown. In our, you know, that listens to the show. And he posted this, imi- this image of this True Lies television show on CBS. And I, I don't... Oh, did he? I, yeah, he, uh, like a week or two ago. And I, I didn't believe it. I thought it was, uh, I thought it was hijinks. I thought it was uh, jape material. Mm. I thought it was being put on. Wow. But it's real. You're telling japist. me you saw this out in the wild uh, on your own feed. It's, it's real. It's bananas, folks. And I got half a mind to DVR it on my <laughs> over the air. Like, what am I getting into here? A True Lies TV show. And it's going to go gangbusters. It's going to be you gangbusters. Think, are people talking about it? Why? When I was at the uh, Studio City, I don't know. <laughs> I'm just trying to spin something. No, I don't get, know who's, who's playing who's Arnold. About Is it, it uh, they get like uh, John Cena in there? We got, we got who's playing Tom it. Arnold? Uh, we got uh, Josh Gad. <laughs> I don't know some sidekick chuckle huts. I didn't. I wasn't prepared to go down deep, that deep <laughs> down into uh, this discussion. <laughs> I just wanted to point out that it exists. Uh, but uh, for my for my segment of the week, <laughs> I want to talk about a, a, a new recurring segment. Yeah, Chuck. Oh, okay. That I like to call. All right. That I like to call. Check them out. Books. Check them out. Pick up a book. You got a fantasy? Imagination can take you to where you want to be. Are you curious? How can you find out? Books. I'm still working out. on the length. Books. Check I like them it. out. Read about stars and cars. Play electric guitars. A cop that work hard. Patrolling the boulevard. The heavyweight champ and his craziest bout. Books. Check them out. Books. Check them out. 
Thank you, uh, California Raisins, for uh, the new Bat and Spider recurring segment about books. Check them out. How we talk about. I've been, I've been reading a book this week, Chuck. Hit me. Hit me with this book. <clears throat> uh, 2010, When Giants Walked the Earth, a biography of Led Zeppelin. <gasps> oh, wow. Yeah. I just got tingles just, just saying the, the title. Now, are you, you're, you completed reading it? I'm, I'm halfway through, officially okay. halfway through it. Do you but still, I'm, I'm you, so, do you, do you still like Led Zeppelin? <laughs> well, that's remains to be seen, but that's part of the magic of the yeah. book, isn't it? Chuck? Oh, yeah, it, it, is. it really like, you know, it points things out and you know, you get, you get, you get, uh, I, yes, you're right. Right. But it's an, it's an audiobook that I'm listening to Ooh. and it's narrated by the, the greatest audiobook reader in on the planet, Simon Vance. He, uh, mm, yeah. he did Heard all of name. the bond books that I listened to years and years ago. And I did not know that he was going to be reading this book to me. And when I heard his voice, I wept wow. openly like I just had heard over the hills and far away. Like you just rested your head J on Page. mother's bosoms, right? <laughs> yes, right. Exactly. But uh, I am now I'm finding reasons to keep my ear pods in my ears. You know, I was struggling to find a book, but this, I was scraping the bottom of my audible library and uh, I was like, well, I never listened to this. I'm going to listen to this. And, uh, you know, it's pretty amazing so far. Awesome. So we're just like, you know, we're two, three years into the formation of the band. I think we're year, year two and we're already, it's funny how, you know, Led Zeppelin massive, right? They're huge. Yeah. But, but also they're, they were like engineered perfectly to be huge from the get go. Yeah. Which I didn't, you know, I didn't really know that at the time. I just thought like these guys got together. And were, but Jimmy Page coming out of the Yardbirds and he was like years of a session musician. So he had contacts and he knew exactly how to kind of assemble what he needed to assemble for his vision of his, what he wanted to do next in the band. And, um, and then they had the, the grand plan to, to launch, to become a band in America. Like that was the, that oh, was really? the plan all along. Wow. They weren't struggling in the clubs like, you know, yeah. Beals, you know, 10 years previous. They were like, we're, we're going to America. We're launching this. We're, we're on the scene and it's, it's pretty stellar. It's pretty amazing. Listen so far. I got it. I got to say, if you have any sort of inclination in, in rock history and, and music history or, and, or, you know, a fan of Led Zeppelin, but you know, it, it's 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 kind of no holds barred. Where you know, Mick Wall is the is the rock journalist, and it does get into, you know, the first so far they've done. They just released, I think, the third album, but it like especially in their first two albums, how you know, over half the songs are just like blues songs that were never accredited yep. to mm -hmm. the original artists and stuff like that. So it gets into that kind of stuff, um, which which is great that that it touches on it and um right now so like they and and um the first half of the book was you know led zepp in the first two years of their existence but now the the biographer is getting into this like whole chapter of alistair crowley oh. and kind of it's kind of like letting you know who the man is interesting so you can know so you can know like kind of where jimmy page was coming from 
and how, like how deep in Jimmy Jimmy Page was into the occult and yeah. Aleister Crowley specifically and stuff. So I'm listening to that now and I just and that guy like I didn't know three quarters of the stuff I'm hearing about Aleister Crowley and this is just like a taste of what the guy yeah yeah sounds like a complete mental patient but he's also fascinating <laughs> to to listen like to the highlights the cliff notes yeah. of Aleister Crowley. So um and then they're probably going to go back into like how um Led Zeppelin, uh, they talked about how Jimmy Page and the producer of the album like had uh, two masters of Led Zeppelin three um, created at the very beginning before they started printing. And then they on on four sides of the two two masters, they like split up a, a, a phrase Aleister Crowley quotes. So like one master had one quote on side A and side B, and then the other master oh, had really? another quote. Oh, on like the y- yeah. inside of the circle. The- like scratched in yeah, like in, to the vinyl. Like scratched yeah. in, yeah, to the vinyl. So so then you you would either get one, one version of the vinyl or the other version of the yeah. vinyl. And usually that's like vi- record companies frowned upon you doing anything like that. And, and it's, it's especially rare to have two masters to begin with. But, you know, the, uh, the pre-orders alone for this, for Led Zeppelin 3 was going to be off the charts. So they had to do two masters. So wow. it's, it's, it's interesting. Yeah. That's cool. When how did uh, Bonzo get in there? I I if I remember, Bonzo and Robert were in a band. Yeah, before. Yeah, they were like in the King uh, King Snake. Did they come call, as a, a unit? Did Jimmy like bring them in as bros, or like did he reach? Yeah, out they to were them they were in the same band, and and Paige brought them in. He was just looking for um one, or he was just looking for one or the other. And he wasn't planning on going for uh-huh. both, but I think he fell in love with Bonzo and uh, Robert Plant was just natural. Like Robert Plant had no training whatsoever. He didn't know music. He didn't know how to like work his voice, but Jimmy Page like loved the rawness and stuff. But yeah, it was definitely John Bonham was the draw God. when Jimmy Page went to go see them live at, I think they were called the Crawling King Snakes or something like that. But wow, early Zeppelin, like when he left the Yardbirds, there's just so much talk of like, what's he going to do next and his ideal bandmates and stuff. And then he's like tossing around names. Like he, you know, Stevie Winwood was tossed around as a possible, but like traffic was just starting to take yeah. off and stuff. I was like, my nipples were getting hard listening to, uh, <laughs> you know, all the yeah. different connections, the, like how, you know, rock, especially in, in London and England was like, it was all crisscrossed and cross section and, this guy is from formerly from here and stuff. It was amazing. It's amazing to listen to. It is. Yeah, yeah, it is. But also, um, you know, they're talking about like, it's not like it is now, but you know, Led Zeppelin three, like a, an album came out like every nine months and they're doing, <laughs> they're doing like four to five month tours and then taking 90 days off and then doing it again. So it's yeah. not like these bands are touring once every seven years or something like they're doing it. They're, they're out there. It's crazy. The clip. That crazy. they would record albums in that in that time, it was uh, yeah, it was like a factory. Get, gotta yeah. get these albums out, guys. What are you doing, sitting around? Yeah, that's yeah, great. Exactly. Uh, what but, a journey. Uh, grand. I mean, having a great time. Yeah, I'm a I'm a fan of the band's music. Uh, so yeah, there we go. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's tough. It's tough to deny. I yeah. wanted to. Uh, just stop playing the book and start listening to how the West was won. You know what I mean? I remember you know when saying? that came out. Was that like 96, 97? That came yeah, out. I think so. That was exciting. Yeah. Cause for folks our age, you know, it was like, 
kind of a new Zeppelin release, the closest we could get, you know. It must have been huge, especially for people who, you know, grew up and got porked by <laughs> Red Snap, <laughs> got porked by Mud Sharks and Red Snapper this, by cut it, cut Bonzo, it. John Bonham. Like, they're like, oh my God, a new Led Zeppelin. Remember when I used to get tied up and had fish thrown at my vagina? <laughs> God damn it. But yeah, Bonzo, yeah. God. I remember yeah. the first time uh, my brothers showed me a uh, song remains the same and just being transfixed watching that oh, guy play like his a, drum kit. Just yeah. Like a visual, yeah. Visual of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. So Dale's reading about yeah. gods. That's great. I love this new book segment. I am. Um, it's fantastic. Yeah. So feel free Chuck to tell me to cue it up anytime you need me to. I might, I might do that. Now, I've been uh, reading a lot of manga lately, so maybe I'll, uh, maybe I'll start working incorporating that into the show show you know it was sunday march 3rd 1946 the beginning of a reign of terror for the people of texarkana and surrounding areas of arkansas and texas a terror so indelibly imprinted that today 30 years later people still speak of it fearfully the incredible story you are about to see is true where it happened and how it happened. Only the names have been changed. Uh, 1976 town that dreaded sundown. Based on true events, it's the it takes place in 1946 in uh, Texarkana, Arkansas slash Texas. Uh, uh, that's a big element. Uh, everyone should know this city, Texarkana. <laughs> I'm guessing they named it that because it's right on the border. It spans both <laughs> both states. So, okay, here we go. What if there was a town on every neighboring state that had yeah. like one town? And they had to name no. it like that, you know? Yeah, they had to. Like Pencil Jersey. Right. You know? You know, something like that. Anyway, so yeah. So so what we got here is a, a sort of a... a f- faux documentary presented movie about the true events of five killings, I believe, um, by a man wearing a sack on his head, uh, mostly young people at lovers lanes. And, uh, and the, and it's also the story of the, uh, sheriff's department, police department and the Texas Rangers and the FBI got involved, but I don't think they really, included that in the movie but uh uh yeah so and we watched uh, a famous texas ranger with a different name from real life uh <laughs> jd what's his name yeah, jd yeah. uh morales in this uh try and find this man who's been who's doing all this killing and terrorizing this uh poor small city um gun shops are have no guns all, every everyone's boarded up their windows no one's hanging out outside Everyone's terrified. Uh, and this is uh, the town that dreaded sundown, Dale. There we go. <laughs> Boy, huh? <laughs> Boy. Yeah, where to start with this? So the, uh, this is our, both of our first, first times, first time, first time both of us, right? This Correct. One. Now this is an odd slasher because I always was like, oh, it's a slasher, you know, this is a slasher movie, but it's odd because it's, based on true events 
mm-hmm. I did read, you know, the quick timeline of the actual events and just so I could get, see what they changed and stuff. Cause it's not exactly yeah. true to life, but, uh, but it's, it's good. Enough. It was, it was like the reading the Wikipedia was like reading in cold blood by Truman Capote. Like, <laughs> like you're like lining up yeah, the, inc- the exactly. actual incidents yeah, yeah, yeah. with what happened in <laughs> the fictionalized version. Yeah. Yeah. Cause the movie is fresh in my head. I'm like, Oh, wow. That didn't happen. Yeah. Yeah. Um, where did, how do we go? Where, I mean, I, okay. It fi- Yeah. My my first my first thought when I watched this movie was it was cool that it felt like an old Walt Disney presents nature <laughs> like by a, a nature That's, show like not nature yes, but an perfect. educational Walt Disney yeah narrated show because you have the the very like masculine but friendly narrator who's uh who chimes in every once in a while to give us, you know, Stanley like detail of uh what we're already Great. seeing on yeah. the screen, you know. Yeah. Yeah, that's but a good, it, yeah, it, good way and it's shot it. in a very matter of fact way. Uh that yeah, Disney document. I love this. I love this Disney document. This is it. Yeah. We're done here. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Like that's that's exactly what it is. And it would be, it, uh, it, would and be it, yeah. it, it made me feel good inside. I was like, uh, you know, cause it, when you think of that, it makes you think like, you just want to keep watching it because it's yeah. the best way to learn about something new. Yes. So I, in my head, there's three tracks. Uh, uh, this movie has three pie pieces. All right. Mm-hmm. Three separate aesthetics <laughs> that are warring sh- with okay, each other. Yeah. All right. Yes. We've we've established a very friendly Disney nature documentary. I'm on board with that. And then it moves into uh, almost clinical reenactment of the horror of murder. And and in a way, almost also in a documentary style way. Not that there's a lot of, you know, murder documentaries, but if they that was a thing. Mm-hmm. That camera doesn't shy away from the uncomfortable, you know, and it doesn't really use editing to like cut the time down. It's, it's very a matter of fact, it's like, okay, you're just watching this guy who's not, who's just with a bag on his head. He's not a supernatural monster. He's just doing these sick things. Um, right. To these poor people. And it's not like, it's not shrouded in darkness that much. You know, it's just like, it's just there. It's for you to take in. Uh, I mean, it's not, it's not like a super gory movie, uh, but right. But it's still the way it's presented. It's not like, you know, it's not, it's not, it's not, it's not, it's not stylist, but it's like, it, it's, it's mm-hmm. let documentary sort of, you know, thing. So we got that. And then, and then we got the Keystone cops Dale. I don't know. I don't know what else to say. We got, the goofiest dude comedy. Yeah. What, uh, I don't know what's going on here. Like the, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if there were people fighting on set <laughs> about what this movie was going to be like, uh, yeah. cause it just felt like they were ramming these three things together. <laughs> and uh, maybe it was just an experiment they wanted to try. I don't know. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how else to describe these, the, the cops stuff. It was insane. 
I, 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 you know, um, of course, yeah. So YouTube's Brian Rummel lent me the Blu-ray. Oh, and wow. it has special features on it. But you know, I didn't watch any of them. <laughs> but I know somewhere on this Blu-ray there has to be an answer key. <laughs> to this question because this dude, this was like Funny Farm. This is like watching Funny Farm. <laughs> Without if, the jokes. if somebody in the town of Redbud was a was a murderer and it and every piece of that was dripping with absolute yeah. seriousness. Yeah. And and made worse by the fact, Chuck, that it's all based on a true story. Yeah. Yeah. Like, how do you think the survivors of the Texarkana Phantom Killer felt when they watch this movie and they're and Sparky Plug, the uh, the the chucklehead cop, yeah, is like driving cars into ponds, yeah, because he doesn't know how to brake, yeah. It it's the craziest. It's the craziest this movie making decision. I, I think it's and and beca- and yeah. Speaking of spark plug, like the that's the first bit where the comedy comes in. Air quotes because he's. He, it's this like joke where he keep this woman keeps calling in because he's like the desk sergeant at the police station, so he fields all the calls from the public. And it's some call and, about a dog, and he's also the director of the movie. That's that's Charles B. Pierce, spark plug. Yeah. Yes. Oh. Oh wow. Okay. I got to take that. <laughs> yes. In. Okay. Yes. Yes. I will edit out the silence. The, the silence. No, but that keep that silence in. in this movie. That, <laughs> That matters. That yeah. decision matters when you hear it. Wow. Okay. Um, but yeah, there's this whole thing where he's like threatening. I think I didn't even get the setup, but he's like, he keeps threatening to kill this lady's dog. Right. He's like, Oh, I'm going to come over there and shoot that dog. If it doesn't shut up. I don't know. And then like the, his boss keeps like the chief keeps coming out and giving them eyes. And you can tell they're like expecting, like you can tell there's, the movie's like looking at the audience like, okay, here's where you're laughing. But yeah, because up until this point, it's not that type of movie. And you're just like, what? Like where? Like yeah. what? People died. <laughs> yeah. People died, People died up until this point in the movie. Yeah. I thought I honest to God, I thought the first, because the first moment of comedy with spark plug yeah. is like him showing how much of an angry person he is and all fingers were going to point to him being yeah. the murder suspect. Yeah. 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 I thought I was because like, the oh, comedy was like, more this is red herring stuff, but yeah, no, but no. it's just used for comedy. Yeah. It's just used for comedy. Comedy again, comedy. It's not funny. Nobody, nobody laughs watching this. <laughs> I, I just couldn't help but think of the poor survivors of the Texarkana oh, murders. Yeah. And this is how their story and is treated. And you read about like the whole, how, the, how the movie got sued by some of the families, but none of yeah, them sued over the right. bad comedy, which I found. <laughs> I know. <laughs> right. I've, I almost sued them. I considered suing those families for not uh, suing oh, for the right man. thing, but um, holy cow. Yeah. Uh, sorry. I just got a text and, from can, Melissa. Um, this is important news. Uh, so a friend of ours, I guess she's texting with a friend of ours. Uh, I'll, I'll disguise her name. This person wants me to tell you, that's me, Chuck, that the Korean mm-hmm. word for Western is horse opera. 
<laughs> so Jesus. Wow. That's, a bit of levity to this uh, uh to this intense yeah talk back to our own horse yeah opera. no i've uh, i feel better this um, is good news yeah so and i also like i i kept for some reason i kept expecting this movie to time jump to the 70s uh because i didn't so realize no. this was like going to be in 40s 1946 the whole time uh which just made me study every detail like every car i was fascinated with and Mm-hmm. And I was just like, man, did if you're if you're driving around on muddy roads in Texarkana in 1946, like what car do you get? Because the the I I don't know the right words, Dale. The drivetrain, the these cars slipping and sliding yeah. everywhere. It's like got, Death Trap Central. No wonder Sparky yeah. drove right into that lake because there's no paved roads in this town, and these cars are just like it can't hold on to the road. It can't. If if spark if spark plug if if spark plug was just a normal driver yeah. he still only had a forty percent success rate to stop that car <laughs> because I mean did you see after the first victim is discovered on the side of the road yeah did you see like the barrel roll that that car almost did <laughs> on screen they couldn't get any other takes of this car like that's the dr- he's like. He is almost flipping the car over and then driving like three quarters, like knocking brush over, just yes. trying to put this, bring this thing to a stop. This land yacht with rubber, rubberized bouncy tires. Yeah. Yeah. And that's not the only, like, how about when, uh, what's his name? The, um, uh, deputy Ramsey, Tex- when he's out, he's yeah. out in the rain, it's supposed to be nighttime and he's on that, like muddy road oh, where he yeah. pulls off oh, and he, he he hears the shotgun in the distance and he 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 runs as fast as he can back to his police car and then it's the slowest right. three-point turn to get <laughs> out of there i was like he, and they he didn't do any ran. editing they just kept the whole shot i was like oh my god yeah. this is and the amount of radio chatter that they had in those scenes too like uh, it was it was hours yeah. waiting for his finger to come off that button on the radio thing. Oh my God. Yeah. Um, I, I just to see everybody in Texarkana has a dirt driveway, meaning you still need to own horses. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Because these cars are not cutting no. it. Cause yeah. consumer reports having a field day. Oh my God. Uh, highest level of uh, horse ownership in 1946 in uh, mm-hmm. this area of the country it had mm-hmm. to be um but yeah uh let, let's let's talk about these deaths there were some these were so this part of the film i found it was my favorite part not because i like watching this stuff but because it was very affecting right. it was like you know when you, you shut off the keystone cop stuff in your mind and you just watch these sections it's like it's excruciating yeah. Uh, yeah, this was like pre, like with the, that Zodiac movie, um, Zodiac, David, that David Fincher Zodiac movie, because it's like the same. You you're you're there the entire time. Yeah, that this crime is happening and it's awful. Yeah, that kept popping up in my head because of that that one scene in Zo- the park killing in Zodiac, that broad daylight killing. Uh, where yeah. you just see the guy in the bag with his head just walking around in broad daylight. It's the scariest thing. It's is very much yeah. like that in this. Um, 
Lovers Lane killings. Lovers Lanes. We got to. Okay. All right. Well, that was dumb. Back to the cops. Cause I couldn't, I was obsessed with the, uh, the amount of Lovers Lanes in Texarkana. Mm. You're right. We're going to have to get out to that school and warn those kids about staying out of Lovers Lanes. Because the cops kept talking. There's so much chatter about making sure, or sh- you know, none of the kids are in all the Lovers Lanes around town. I didn't know, I know. there would be more than one uh, Lovers Lane. I know. In, uh, in any given town. There's, there, I don't know how many they have. They must have a lot. Good for them. These dirt, <laughs> like dirt roads, n- non-trodden. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, you know, the back of the bowling alley was my only chance. I didn't, I was too, I was too afraid to go out into the, you know, the dirt roads where nobody else was. I I didn't want to break down out there or something. God. But uh, good for these young teens. Yeah. Good for them. Good for the 29 year old uh, back from the war dating the, uh, the 16 year old. Oh, geez. Oh, I didn't even spot that. You know? Oh boy. Oh, and that horrible conversation about. The ladies that he, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll skip that. <laughs> oh yeah. That was this, that was the couple. That was the same couple. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, by, you know, the third attack, it was, you like, I, I really felt like respect. I don't know if his respect was paid, but you know, it really kind of made you, uh, stand up at attention and like pay attention to how, how harrowing, you know, the fallout from these attacks could be like, this whole town would certainly be on edge after witnessing what we just witnessed on camera. Yeah. Oh you know? yeah. Yeah. And it's almost and even worse. It, Cause there were like so many survivors that he didn't kill that. Like he put through these horrible experiences yeah. and they're, they're still alive when they made this movie. And it's just like, Oh, which is, I mean, that's so affecting to, you know, to one, like that's is that part of your plan to have these people survive? This dude shot so many people, yeah, with with uh, you know, like pellet guns or something. How how did he shoot Marianne from Gilligan's Island <sighs> twice, at least twice in the face, the and she survives? He's the resistance, Dale, of the movie was the was Don Wells <laughs> getting shot in the face twice, I, and and yeah, her still running around. Oh my god. I mean, this was like, is, uh, they saved yeah. their, they kept their powder dry for when they flew in Marianne. Because <laughs> for some reason, Marianne is in every Charles B. Pierce movie. I don't know if he had blackmail material in her or what, but uh, she flew in do her two days of filming. And uh, I mean, she did, she did, she should have got an award for this because this was like some of the most, it was excruciating watching her get hunted by this baghead and uh mm-hmm. and the 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 holes in her face and her like her mouth she's just it's it it sucked it sucked to watch but it was also like wow like they did not shy away from trying to present this Ugh. yeah yeah it was uh, it was so and i mean she was set like she i don't she was selling it she was terrified you know i was terrified along with her yeah oh yeah 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 when she's like hiding in the cornfield and trying to get to the neighbors and the neighbors not answering oh god the worst did you read this detail about they did they tell marianne from gilgland's island that the, the actress they told her they put explosives in the phone that she's holding to make her scared and how how can you at yeah 
They did. They uh, told her. They told her that, right? But there, but there wasn't. They just told her that so that she would be shaking in fear on 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 film. No, dude. Oh. I think there was. Oh, there was. I think. Yeah. Why? If you, if you take. If you take notice, she's like holding the phone a little bit away from her face when she gets shot in the jaw. Oh, they use. But it's really, it's really the explosion from the the phone oh, splattering onto her face. Oh, okay. Oh, I yeah. See, I was skimming too fast. I thought they just did it to like get a reaction out of her. Oh, so she okay. Oh, to keep her on edge. Yeah. yeah so she knew it was coming. She just didn't know when or how hard it was going to yeah. hit. Or, or I thought what. it was one of those nineteen seventies directors. Uh, you know abusive things yeah messing with her yeah yeah like messing with her (laughs) (laughs) oh so the phone did okay all right that makes that makes sense but yeah oh my god whoa yeah Marianne. nowhere could i find in the in the truthful wikipedia from the true crimes yeah uh the the trombone murder (laughs) yeah that was a that was a touch, dude. That, that was yeah. If that wasn't grounded in reality, that was a an insane touch. I think I right? think that I must have been either the writer or director came up with that because I did the one detail I did read is that the real life girl didn't even play the trumpet. She played or she, she didn't play the trombone. I think she played the trumpet or something. So <laughs> really, yeah, I'm pretty sure I read that. <laughs> That's funny. I did so. Yeah, so I mean, we're. I, I think we have. How a, was it worded? I think we have a letter about this, but we should touch on it. The 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 one of the girls who's she's tied up to a tree and she she just got finished playing the school dance with her trombone, and Baghead yeah. takes the trombone out. Like, how would you describe his acting? He's like a like an ape seeing a, a telephone for the yeah, first oh time. My- yeah, dude yes that's perfect <laughs> you know like oh oh i think i've seen p- people right. pick this up Hum- it's like right. smelling it it's like trombone he puts the trombone together and plays it and then right and then Tries god i mean the the boy scout patch skills on this guy he 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 gets a piece of like leather strip of leather and ties his bowie knife to the end of the trombone trombone and then stabs her mm. with it in the back. While playing. What? While trom- playing, yeah. While like extending the trombone yes. as the stabbing mechanism. Yeah. It was, I mean. It was almost like, it's almost the funniest thing in this movie, actually. Like it's funnier than the cop stuff because it's so ridiculous, but it is also like, it's so. Yeah. It's it's gruesome too. It's gr- it's just like yeah, it's all it's of, like it's all of that. Like imagine you're tied to that tree, getting stabbed by your own trombone. Like that's the worst joke in the world, right? It's not funny. I know, right? I mean, like yeah. it would be, you could call the guy an idiot. Uh, you know, like you keep repeatedly <laughs> calling him an idiot for doing what he's doing up until he starts stabbing you with his Bowie knife. Yeah, and you're like, really? And then you're dying. Really? This is this right. is how this is the the dignity I get. Yeah, 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 right. Come on. As, as he's trying to play the trombone through his burlap bag <laughs> lips. 
He was. That was perfect. An ape picking up the tools and trying to yeah. mimic human behavior. Yeah. I mean, the cops, I mean, not only are they not funny, they're, they're, they're just, it's, it, it is interesting watching their reactions to like not understanding like the idea of a serial killer, like, you know, people with psychopathic behavior, like, like, yeah. Cause yeah. he like, he bites his victims in the movie. Like, well, the, he bites the women like on their back and stuff. And there's a doctor trying to explain to this like table of cops. They're like, why? Well, they just, they don't, they don't get like that. It's a sexual thing for him. Like they just can't fathom. They're like, what's yeah. wrong with them? Yeah, yeah. You know, like <laughs> he didn't have, he didn't, uh, you know, R word them or anything. Like they didn't get it. Like that was, that was like the thing that excited them. And, uh, right. So that was kind of interesting that. So, and then they're like, so he's insane. <laughs> yeah. 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 So he's just insane. And the doctor's, the doctor's like, like, Oh, yeah, he's, he's insane. insane. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, he is. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and then they add this whole thing where the killer we're supposed to be recognizing the killer's shoes and they keep like showing him walking around town but just his feet. <laughs> yeah, it's just his feet. I felt like this in was different, a late addition. Because they got like that in different <laughs> that footage of yeah. the opening in uh Texarkan. They're like, Oh, we can work this in. Get some feet shot. The guy's in a, in the steakhouse enjoying a nice steak with yeah. his beat up shoes. <laughs> And then you're just supposed to assume 30 years later at the movie premiere. Yeah. Same shoes. It's the same guy, but it's like, those shoes are cleaner for sure. They've been, they've been taken care of. Wearing 30 or 30 shoes for 30 years, Dale. Oh God. I hope you got a good cobbler on, uh, on your speed dial. That's all I got to say. Yeah. Texarkana cobble (laughs) association. Uh, what a trip! Um, yeah, I don't I know. Mean, I don't know. Did you? Did, did, oh, I don't know. Is it? It's 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 a movie. It's a yeah. It's so you know. I liked it, it and I feel like I I just there's something about me that's like, why am I not in on the joke? <laughs> Everybody else gets it, but I guess we're not getting it, and that's kind of nagging at me a little bit. Like it's making me feel a little intimidated. Like, why am I not understanding? But it's, it's as clear as day on screen. I mean, you got these knuckle, it absolute knucklehead. Yeah. I, I think the reason it's not otherwise it, very serious movie. It's so sincere in it's slapstick that it's not like they weren't in on the joke. Like they didn't realize how strange it was. The thing they were doing, I think, you know, it doesn't feel like that. So you know, this is not like, this is not anti-comedy yeah. here. This is not, uh, 2006, they made this, you know, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, oh man. Yeah. It's a, it's a odd duck. That, that's, that's what kept going in my mind. Uh, watching this. This is an odd one. Odd yeah. duck. Odd duck. It's an odd, movie. odd duck. That's a good one. Yeah. I'm glad if anything, I'm glad it's off my watch list now. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I mean, and this poster's fantastic. Oh, baby. Ma- Ralph McQuarrie painted I that know. poster. Oh, God. I can paint. 315-544-0966. Official Bat and Spider hotline. Um, bat and Spider pod at gmail.com. 
is the the email address that you can email us yeah. your your letters, voicemails, your tributes. This is just a tribute. Tribute. Opening up. I'm opening up the mailbag now. Wish you had bag rustling sound effects. Oh, I might have something here. Hold on. Oh, that's not Ryan. That's that's Close. not. Yeah. Yeah. When he says books, it's just like a it's a real punch in the head, you know? It's great. <laughs> it's hard to do that. All right, first up. Hobo salary. Oh my god. From the depths. <clears throat> Subject of the email, didn't dread watching this movie. <laughs> when Dale said the name Charles B. Pierce last episode, I literally had to stifle a scream. The town that dreaded sundown and legend of Boggy, Boggy Creek were absolute touchtones uh, touch of my late teens and early 20s. There was even a Boggy Creek dance I used to do. Wow. That being said, I hadn't seen either movie in nearly 20 years. You fellas doing an episode on the town that dreaded sundown gave me the perfect opportunity to revisit it. Something must be said up front. I have a very visceral thing about bagheaded men. <laughs> I can't tell you why, but all I'll say is baghead Jason is my favorite Jason and the sackcloth hooded images Joseph Merrick were that drew me to the elephant man. Oh my God. So upon seeing the clamshell VHS case for the town that dreaded sundown, my imagination was juiced up <laughs> to this day. I will not sit with my back to a window, especially at oh. night due to that shooting scene. We didn't cover that. That, that was horrific. That's- uh, awful talk about the worst joke ever is you being unalive without you knowing what's happening just you're just gone i know you don't see it coming especially in the middle of especially in the middle of the country when nobody else is supposed to be there you know god also the trombone stabbing is still one of my favorite kills in any (laughs) horror movie how (laughs) surreal was that why did he have to pretend to blow the thing one thing i didn't remember was that some scenes in the movie played like dukes of hazard or the town that was dreading sundown was the town of mayberry yes oh yeah mayberry total mayberry still it holds up pretty well and has its own unique flavor hopefully you both enjoyed it and at some point consider throwing boggy creek a bone i will definitely consider throwing boggy creek a bone yeah 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 Hobo. Wow. Great email. Thanks, Hobes. <laughs> Do, I, can, I can feel Hobo's fear of not sitting back to an, an open oh, yeah. window like that. Oh, that's all that's I can think about fear. That's after legitimate. watching that scene. It's just like, oh God, like that's, I don't want to, I, I want to at least know it's coming, you know? Right? Yes. Oh. Yeah. No. Yeah. That's, that's, yeah. Okay, Brandon, Brandon Auric sends an email and bear with me. I'm going to, I'm going to juice up here, wet my whistle. Oh yeah, we got to wet up. Slop it up. Brandon says, sorry, sorry, sorry for the length. (laughs) Chuck and Dale. Okay, we got to talk about one of the kills in the movie and how random and out of place it is. I haven't been able to stop thinking about it for a week now. One of the aspects I most enjoyed while watching this was that it seemed to be doing its best to stay grounded 
realistic, and true to the details of what actually went down in Texarkana in 1946. There's a very quick line of dialogue dropped in by one of the policemen where he remarks on how creative the killer is. Oh, the line struck me as very odd. Didn't seem like we were working with a jigsaw type with elaborate chat traps or even someone like John Doe and seven where each murder serves a specific purpose in his overall plan. Yeah. This guy seemed to be hitting people with blunt objects, stabbing them, strangling them or shooting them. Pretty standard stuff. Then mid kill out of absolutely nowhere, he decides to tie or duct tape or somehow affix his little pocket knife to the front end of his victim's trombone slide and proceeds to play. And by play, I mean blowing air, making no sound into the trombone while extending the slide, thus stabbing her in the back multiple times and killing her via trombone. I had to dig into this and find out if this was part of the actual story. To my shock and astonishment, no, no, it was not. Many aspects are similar. Paul Martin picked up Betty Jo Booker from her musical performance at a VFW that night, and the two friends drove to the park to sit and talk. They were there; they were attacked. Betty Jo's body was found nearly two miles away from Martin's. She was fully clothed, laying up against a tree, and had been shot twice and killed by a thirty-two Colt pistol. Turns out, in real life, she didn't even play the trombone; she played the saxophone. Saxophone, I guess around. so. <laughs> I guess it wouldn't read. Uh, I guess it wouldn't read being rammed into someone's back just isn't as cinematic. No. <laughs> I used to tear my reeds all the time when I played sax, and it was you can uh, tear them demoralizing. Yeah, as soon as you tear the tip of the reed, you uh-huh. can't use it anymore in your trump in your sax. It's ruined. how much are reeds? Uh, a couple bucks. Okay, all right. A couple bucks that my mom didn't have when I needed reeds. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I just have so many questions. In a movie that seemed to be striving for realism and accuracy, why was this even added in the first place? Uh How did the killer attach the knife to the trombone slide in a way that it would stay straight and rigid when doing the stabbing motion? Seems to me like every time he extended the slide, the knife tried to penetrate. It would just move or turn the wrong way because there was no way, no string or tape or whatever the hell he used to keep the thing straight and strong enough to pierce flesh multiple times. I know I'm making too much of this. Overall, I really enjoyed the movie, but this stuck out to me as completely ridiculous and took me out of the movie for a moment. I wish there was a commentary track or more information so I could have some insight into what the director was thinking. I did some more digging, and one person had a theory that perhaps it was an homage to 1960s Peeping Tom. I have yet to see it, but apparently there is a a moment in that movie where a knife gets affixed to the front of a camera. I also looked up to see if perhaps this method of trombone kill was something that happened in real life elsewhere, and the director decided to pull from another true crime incident to add flavor to this movie. And no. Stories about trombone players being killed in completely normal ways, or people bludgeoned to to death with instruments, but nothing like this. I need answers. Thanks, Dale and Chuck. This was a fun pick. Your pal, Brandon. Wow. Thanks, Brandon. Um... God, I'm sorry for for taking this much time in your life up dedicated to this trombone. I apologize. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, oh my God. I mean, it he should have be done. Pierce should have just taken this idea and done a whole movie, the trombone killer, you know, and leave it out of this. This is serious oh, business. Yeah, right. You know, that's that's another movie. Yeah. Treasure trove. 
Treasure, yeah. I'm not gonna, you're not going to trick me into saying that tongue twister. Oh, this dance. So in the movie, we see the cops. They're like, oh, when is this? Uh, when is the, the school dance let out? And they say 2.30, I think. Now, yeah. I missed a lot of the dances in my youth, Dale. But did, the, did school dances in your youth go that long? Never. That's, Never. That sounded insane no, to me. 9 p.m. tops. Yeah. 9 p.m. tops. Yeah. It was up to the kid, the bad kids to like do the stuff afterwards <laughs> to stay out that late, right? right. The school yes, wasn't. exactly. You weren't at the school gym uh, having a DJ at 2 a.m. That's, that's insane. Right. That's not happening. Yeah. No, this is. Yeah. Okay. All right. Thank you. This isn't the, this isn't the bar where, you know, you hear uh, Matchbox 20 and Santana. Play, put, you know, the same yeah. that song on the jukebox at one thirty-five in the morning. Yeah, this isn't that. No, no. Oh, you guys want to get two Sixers last call? You know, it's not that. It's not that. All right, we have a voicemail here from a friend of the show, Tim Tim O'Thief. <gasps> okay, wow, Tim O'Thief, we love you. Yeah, here here's his voicemail. He. uh he sent me two and then he immediately texted me and said he uh, had a coughing fit after the first one. And do not play it. Play the second one only. So I'm honoring that. Hey, back in spider. This has been calling to talk about invaders from Mars, not the original, but the remake oh. that I saw in the eighties. When I went to the West roads movie theater with my brother and grandma, the two options to see that day were Cobra. Yes. My grandma wanted to see. And Invaders from Mars, which my brother wanted to see. And he convinced me to go to Invaders from Mars. And I was scared out of my little pants. (laughs) I watched the movie behind my box of gobstoppers the entire time. And, uh, yeah, about aliens who kidnapped his parents and plug little things in the back of their neck. the, The 80s version is ridiculous. And it's very scary. And I slept on my back. For like six years after that, because I didn't want aliens putting bikes in my neck. Anyway, fast forward 68 years. Now I live in Los Angeles and I'm walking down the hallways of my child's elementary school. And I get this weird feeling as I look around and realize that it's the same elementary school of the little boy in Invaders. No. And instantly I get a tingle up my back and I've been sleeping on my back again for the last 10 years. Oh, my God. Anyways. Wow. I love you. And I haven't spoken to you in this format in a long time. Uh, congratulations on all your success <laughs> uh, with Tubi. And I can't wait to see uh, you guys on the Tubi red carpet. Anyways. I'll see Tim. you later. Bye. Tim, your lips to God's ears. Yeah, He knows. He knows all the, the, the talk and the trades that's been going on between us and two because he's in Hollywood. He knows. Yeah, he probably is. He gets a, he gets a subscription to like insider only. Yeah, it's some special like version. Mags. That, yeah, only industry insiders get. That's the word. Now, are we, Dale, are we supposed to take this story he just told us literally that his, his, his children's elementary school is the one that they the Toby Hooper shot in. Are we Isn't taking that this? Not, as I fact? believe it. He's in, he's I mean, in it's a great, it's he's a great book end of the story. Uh, is, that mean, is, it's fantastic. He's never wow. going to escape it. God, I know. 
How about Tim's grandma went to see Cobra? He made it sound like his grandma went to see Cobra and him and his brother went to see Invaders. Is that, I, that's, that was my, the question that, that, that was God, knocking down my might door. Be, right. God, grandma. That might be it. Watching Sly. Yes. Fucking do his hunt down those psychopaths. God. Fucking, you're getting me and you're getting me instilled where it where it needs to be instilled. You know what I'm saying? Gunning from the back of a you're truck. You're instilling me. You're instilling me where I need to be instilled. Chuck, you understand what I'm saying? Installation with your talk. Wow, is that it? That's it. I mean, Mikey P. We still have your voicemail, and it's going to get played to episode 150. Oh, I promise you, it's going to be the first thing we do. It's going to be nuts. Well, episode 150 is going to be crazy, okay? It's going to be nuts. Episode, we, we previously announced, and you guys probably know, Ed Wood we're doing for episode 150 yeah. because it's like an anniversary episode, 150, a nice even number. Yeah. Edward D. Wood Jr. 150 years we've been doing this. One episode a year. It's easy. Easy to do a podcast once a year. Easy. Yeah. If you, I mean, it's... Recording it is the easiest part, but actually like, you know, editing and stuff, yeah. I could, if we did one episode a year, I would wait until the night before the next episode is supposed to be recorded and to, to edit it. I guarantee you, I dread it. <laughs> I would never, yeah. if I could, I oh, would yeah. put it off like Garfield. I would, yeah. I just put everything off in my life. I love you, Dale. This is great. This is great. I love you, buddy. Um, what's next? Is that it? That's it for the mailbag? That's it. That's it for the mailbag. No, Seg Mo. Okay, now Dale, you're the calendar expert here. I just want to make sure before I reveal my pick for next week that we do in fact have one more Thursday, right? In the month of February. This This week. Okay, yes, this, this week. This Thursday is, is uh, yes, I am the calendar expert. Now, February is a certain uh, Black History Month, and I wanted to honor that and pick something that I recently added to my watch list, uh, a movie that sounds very fun, very exciting, very entertaining. It is from 1975, Darktown Strutters. Oh. I'll let you bring that up. Darktown. Is it one word? Oh, yeah, sorry. Darktown, one word. (laughs) Naturally. Darktown. Oh, Darktown Strutters with Darktown's one word. Super Sisters. uh, Okay, I got to forget. I just read ahead before I was reading. Super Sisters on Cycles better move your butt when these ladies strut. Yeah. When a prominent abortion clinic owner goes missing along with a string of other black community leaders, her singing daughter and her fellow female biker gang members investigate. Yeah. (laughs) Biker gang. Biker gang. You guys, did you catch all that, guys, uh, listening at home? Are you You ready? You getting that? Uh, this is a odd one. This is only available as far as I can see. Rental on Amazon. Uh, and that seems to be the only place. Uh, yes. 
Um, this was actually on a short list of mine a few weeks oh. ago. If uh, one, yeah. So wow, this is good. cool, awesome. This is good. Um, yeah, I thought uh, it was time we we watched some black exploitation. It's been a while, and uh, this one has caught my eye. My God, uh, it just sounds. I don't know. It's mm. just got a lot going wow. for it. <laughs> Direct, directed by William Whitney, who's done a ton, done a ton of movies. Uh, let's see. What's he done? Yeah, directed by a white guy. I mean, that's a lot of these black exploitation movies. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. Wow. Holy cow. Wow. He did the Crimson Ghost, um, which is where the Misfits stole their logo from. Wow. Man, he lived a long time. Dick Miller's in this movie? What'd you say? Dick, I said Dick Miller's in this movie. It's a Roger Corman movie, so Dick Miller oh, would be in that movie. Gosh. It's a dot Roger Corman produced movie. Is this an American International? Just like the movie we watched this week? Oh no, this is New World. This is New World. Which was uh, Corman's company. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, this is this is Oh, I am so excited right now. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be wild, I think. I just love this type Dark Town Strutters. Oh my god. Strutters is a word you know, that we need to that needs to come back. Yeah. Strutting Strutters. It sounds I, like it sounds like a, 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 a yeah, like a female bike gang in the Warriors. That's what it sounds like. Yeah. Dark Town Strutters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is a great which is a great thing. Yeah. I'm trying to think if there's anything else. I think that's it. I think that's all for me, Dale. Uh, perfect. <clears throat> In the meantime, watch the movie along with us, Darktown Strutters, and check out our check out our website and join our Discord at batandspider.com. You can get your Discord links. You can get your Kofi links and Kofi. Uh, become a supporter. You get, uh, get exclusive episodes. We got some things lined up for our anniversary. Mm-hmm. Just uh, get on the ground floor because, you know, things are happening. <laughs> Things are happening. And, uh, and uh, until, until next week, um, we love you. We love you guys. We really do. Yeah. That sounds genuine. We do. It, it, was, it was. It was. Yeah. It was genuine. Usually it's not um, genuine, but this week it was. Yeah. Right. I mean, yeah. Just like week to week, we'll take it. Yeah. You know? I'm a moody person. <laughs> um, Chuck, love you. Love you. Night. 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 theme song was created by Toby Forsman of Whipsong Music. Find out more at whipsongmusic.com. This, this, this is a Tape Deck Podcast. Mm.